0: Welcome to the Inside Supreme Med Podcast, the podcast where I explore all the places you can go in healthcare. In this episode, I got the chance to talk to Kat Golden of Nurses Inspire Nurses. We chat about her experience as a nurse, as a CEO, as well as some advice that she has for anyone listening. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. welcome everyone this is the indecisive pre-med podcast i'm your host alex and i have a very special guest today i have here kat golden of nurses inspire nurses welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here
0: awesome yeah so i kind of want to start kind of with um a little bit about who you are and just kind of what you do
1: so i have been a nurse i graduated nursing school in 2012 so eight years Um, Nursing was my second degree. I went to University of Colorado, although I'm from the Detroit metro area. I had moved out there um, when the economy was really bad in 2007 here in Detroit and went back to nursing school. My best friend that I had met out there had a daughter that was born with spina bifida. So we both went back to nursing school to take care of her. And I will say as much as I love being a nurse, I really went into it to help people. I don't love science. Um, the things that make me great at being a nurse are not truly the medicine, it's just more connecting with people, so that's what I really love, um, and I've always been a businesswoman at heart, so I always had little side projects um, all through nursing school. I would babysit, I had a blog, I was always working like a couple jobs and just hustling away, and then yeah, through my own nursing journey and and really a ton of mindset work and Therapy and work I had done on myself I really realized that there was a need for nurses to be able to express themselves as humans first and nurses second and there really wasn't anyone talking about processing our emotions or things we went through so that's kind of where nurses inspired nurses came from I really saw this need for nurses to support each other and be there for each other just because it's something that so few people understand
0: Right. Definitely. And I can kind of relate with that because I'm actually a, a nursing assistant. So I'm all, I'm mm-hmm. all, all around. Oh yeah, nurse. I did
1: that too.
0: Oh really? That's cool. Yeah. So I was like around nurses. I'm around nurses like 24 seven because I work mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but <laughs> I kind of want to start with like kind of that transition from business to yeah. nursing. Cause I actually, that's one thing I was, when I was reading about your, a little bit about your bio that kind of stood out mm-hmm. like what kind of drew you your business in the first place?
1: I don't know exactly. I think I've just literally always been a hustler since I've been a little girl. My family is very blue collar, very hardworking. I saw my dad always working really hard. And I think I had some, something inside of me. Like I didn't like the punching a clock. Like I was like, Mm. no, I want to make my own schedule. I want to have my own rules, which is part of what drew me to nursing. I love the flexibility. I love the opportunity to be able to work overtime to make more money like, I liked a lot about it, but I think I've just always really been drawn to business. I mean, even when I was a little girl, I had a paper route. Like, I've just always kind of <laughs> been a little hustler. So, I I think it, I was just kind of born with it.
0: Nice. That's pretty cool. And then, so, when you transitioned to nursing school, that was because you wanted to take care of your uh, your friends daughter right help help with that yeah and I was
1: I had been interested in nursing my brother had actually went to nursing school and I had been interested in it but I just because I didn't love science and I thought I wasn't good at it I didn't know if I would would be able to do it but then after Mm. my brother went to nursing school I was like oh if he could go to nursing school (laughs) I can most definitely go to nursing school
0: Cool, cool. And so, what was that experience like for you when you went through nursing school? Especially because this was like your second degree, you said. So
1: yeah, did, it was. Go
0: ahead. Oh, sorry, Simon. So, did you have to like do a lot of your prereqs, and then you went to nursing school and all that jazz?
1: Exactly. Yep. While I was working full time, I was working at a um, amazing nonprofit in Denver. We were a homeless shelter, drug and alcohol rehab. Because I do, I did always want to be in some kind of helping profession. So, yeah, it was again, I'm just always kind of a hustler. So I would go to school at night, work all day, took my prereqs. And then while I was in nursing school, I worked as the CNA at Children's Hospital Colorado. And that's how I ended mm-hmm. up in pediatrics. Oh, um, okay. I've just always worked there. Yeah.
0: Cool. And then pediatrics, um, that that's actually really interesting because I never really saw job openings for CNA at, at the nursing, at the, not the nursing, the Children's Hospital I, around my area. But that's always interesting. Like what was kind of that like it's once you went from like your CNA to a full blown nurse, how was that? Like just curious. Yeah,
1: that's kind of interesting you say that because there wasn't job openings at my hospital either. I'm so crazy. I had to volunteer to get experience to even get a job. And then I actually got my job at Children's Hospital Colorado because I called the unit.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I just
1: literally started calling the units and I asked to speak to the manager and was like basically giving a job um and that's how I got my job because you couldn't even get into these hospitals
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah you're exactly right there wasn't any jobs I just called and asked for one
0: wow actually I love that it's like and it kind of shows a lot about like this kind of self-starter hustler mentality yeah
1: like, yep. I've of, always been like that
0: yeah definitely and when you were working as a nurse though I was curious like kind of what at what point did you decide okay I want to start this movement or kind of like that burnout like were you experiencing that at the time?
1: I was personally experiencing it and the one thing I kind of noticed the common theme is that everyone was waiting on something else to feel better it was like oh when I get off nights I'll feel better oh when the next schedule comes out I'll feel better like when staffing is better I'll feel better and I just was so over it I was like I don't want to live my life that way like I'm not trying to live my life waiting for someone else to make me feel better I just want to feel better right now and so I knew how I personally felt, and I was like, this is just not cool. Like, we have to do something. I had actually, I lived in Colorado for nine years and then took a travel nursing assignment to move back to Detroit. When I turned 30, I was just like, it's time to move back. I really didn't know why. I just felt inside that it was time. And when I had that travel nursing assignment, I eventually stayed on that unit at Children's Hospital Michigan. I just worked with these amazing humans that were just really burnt out, and it made me sad. So I was like, we got to do something.
0: Right. And was any of this like something that you heard about at all when you were in nursing school or even experience in nursing school? Because I think I've talked to some friends who are currently there and they talk about how even in nursing school, they feel burnt out. So I'm just imagining like this a cycle of, okay, when the next thing comes or when this happens, I'll feel better. Yeah. So was that something you experienced there?
1: Yeah, and I worked while I was in nursing school. So I was really, really burnt out. And again, I don't feel like they teach you about self care and who you are outside of all of those things. It's just like work harder, do more, you know,
0: Right. And what do you think that is?
1: I think part of it is the job. I think you do have to be really prepared going into nursing. I mean, people's lives are in your hands, right? So you have to be able to handle it. Like, you do need the education. You do need the knowledge. Like, it does need to be hard because it's not just a job where you can be like, yeah, just see what happens today, you know? Like, I think it's just part of the nature of being in the medical profession. Um, But I think there does have to be some balance because at the end of the day, like, we need this to be a sustainable career, not just something we do for a couple years,
0: Right, definitely, because I've definitely have seen that. Um, at least from my experience, where especially on specific floors, there's way higher turnout rates. Like uh, the mm-hmm. neural, the neural floor, at least in my hospital, has a high turnout rate. And I noticed that a lot of nurses they'll work, you know, one unit for maybe like a year at most, and then work to another hospital or to go to travel nursing, something along those lines. And yeah. it's it's fascinating to see how that, like, in a profession where it's a very crucial profession, you know, nursing. Or are the patients like twenty four seven, right? And there's mm-hmm. not much resources to help take care of them, or at least like help them no. in a sense where they can handle. Because really, it's it's a traumatizing career when you think about it. Just it is.
1: <laughs> it really is. It's crazy.
0: And when you were starting your business, the nurses inspire nurses. What was like the uh, initial reception when you had
1: that? It's so funny because like when I had first started this, there was just nobody doing it. Like, I feel like we're talking about it a lot more now, but I hadn't found anything, any resources. I didn't know any other nurses doing it. Um, it was really interesting. It wasn't, I feel like it's commonplace, but it was for sure needed. And then it was like, once I opened the door and started having these conversations, a floodgate opened and it was mm-hmm. like, wow. Wow. We were just all talking about it. We all felt the same way. I think it just kind of took someone willing to have the first conversation, you know?
0: Right. And it kind of surprises me because, like, with this being something like such a big issue, like that's been there for a while, I wonder, like, why hasn't someone already started this, like, or done something? Already? I know. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I guess that
1: was the person. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's, uh, and I'm kind of curious more to hear because you, you talk about, like, this, uh, leap land live method, live method yeah. that you do. And like you've talked about pre pre before in your um and other work, like I think Instagram other work about your experience with mentorship. Like how did mm-hmm. that start actually? Like when you found a mentor and uh how did that develop and push you to kind of become who you are?
1: Yeah, I think I just it's, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so sometimes we have to have someone show us the way. In in Colorado I was a mentor for teenage girls for years. And I think we all just get to a point where when you want to make a change, but you just don't know what to do. And sometimes we need someone to believe in us when we don't believe in ourselves, hold our, hold us accountable, really help us with that next step. And I know that's what I needed because I just felt so stuck and I just needed that outside perspective. And I think it almost just holds you accountable to doing the work. Um, It's not a magic pill, that's for sure. But I think it, really that accountability and dedication to, to figuring it out. So that's why I really wanted a mentor. I just knew the way I was living and how I felt. I couldn't do that for years. I I was young, you know, I'm in my, I was what 31 or something. I'm like, this is crazy. Like I can't go on like this. And it was affecting my relationships. And so what I realized was I had been doing my business and talking to a lot of people, many people, almost everyone I talked to would tell me a lot of the same things and it ha- in, it was what i was able to fix like i was able to find happiness in myself still working nights still on the same unit figuring out what brought me joy how i could deal with this ever changing schedule really get in tune with who i am and what cat wants and i was like man this is like i have to help others take action i just saw so many people being stuck
0: right and i like how you talk about like kind of like what makes cat happy and what makes you happy mm-hmm. and i was wondering like what do you, what do you think is like a common barrier to finding that and to having that conversation with yourself especially in like helping professions i feel it's like a little mm-hmm. harder uh to do that because at least for my for my personal experience and my own like the way my mind works it's like you get so or i get so like involved in the in the profession where it's like i almost like consume it and it's like hard to like separate
1: mm-hmm. things
0: things that happen at work into and, and then transition to your everyday life And it just kind of like without, you know, like, oh, I I just saw someone die. Okay, let's compartmentalize that and just like, let me go to a bar or something.
1: 100%. I think too, in nursing, it's very isolating. Like we work different schedules. You're off at a weird time when everyone else is at work or your friends are working and you're off. And so you're just like, oh, I'll just go to work. Like it's very, it just kind of gets in this vicious cycle. I think one of the huge barriers is it's just awkward in people for in helping professions, and I know myself included to help myself. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything for anyone, but it was really weird to be like, wait, what does cat need? And to really focus on myself. It just didn't feel natural to me, which sounds crazy, but I know a lot of people feel the same way. And so it was just really intentional, like being awkward and being like, hey, this kind of feels weird, but I'm just gonna try it. And then once you start feeling good, the thing I realized is like, once you do start making time for things that bring you joy and all of that, then we have a tendency to overcommit. Because so like, Oh, I'll feel good. I can work that extra shift. I can help my neighbor. I can do this for my family. Like, right. And so we're always in this touch and go, but the key is to just feel good and let yourself feel good. And that sounds crazy, but a lot of people don't do that.
0: Right. And uh, what has been like helpful for you to like, kind of like get into that zone where you're feeling good?
1: Getting off social media. I'll say that hundred percent. I don't check my phone in the morning. Like we know we all do that. What do we do? Mm-hmm. We wake up. We pick up our phones. We tap Instagram. Like we're all on social myself included. Um, so I had to stop doing that. And just like the things that I like to do are very simple. I really like working out. I love reading. Like, I guess I'm just like a nerd. Like I love coffee, sitting outside, reading a good book. I love the beach, um, the mountains, like anything outdoors. And I like I love riding my bike. Like that was my favorite thing to do. Even before when I was working nights, I would just see people for like a half hour bike ride before work and just be like not on my phone, it's something that makes me happy. Um, I have my dog, I love like taking my dog out. So just little things. Um, I took a hip hop class, like unfortunately with COVID and stuff, they closed, but I mean not permanently, but just for now. But I was like taking hip hop because it was just it right. like brought me joy and it was fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and like and that's I don't know, it's always interesting to me because like I feel like uh, there's a point where it's like you can you have to make a sacrifice for some for something, especially if you're like, say you're like a pre nursing student. You're you really want to go into nursing school, so you have to like work really hard to get into it, and you can kind of have to make some sacrifices. But like, how have how you found that balance? I mean, let's say before nursing school for you, um, yeah. balancing the sacrifice while also trying to take care of yourself. Or you can even talk about yeah. like, like now as a CEO.
1: Yeah. I think just, I would just reflect, I'm sure anyone listening to this, we can think about you and I could think about ourselves. Like when have we ever had anything crossed off, every single thing crossed off of our to-do list? Like when have we ever felt like it was a good time for self-care? Never. Like nobody, you just have to decide like, isn't, what is, we only have one go at this thing, right? Well, I mean, I guess if you believe in reincarnation or whatever, maybe you can give multiple lives, but like, whatever. We have this one life. So like, do you really want to live where you don't have 20 minutes in a day to do something that brings you joy or to just sit with yourself? Like even now, I mean, I, my to-do list is never ending, but I, it's almost like the busier I get, the more I'll be like, no, I need this time because if I don't make it a priority, I'll just feel terrible. And we're so much more productive. Like it kills me when I would work like, Twelve-hour shifts and people don't take time to eat. I'm like, if you would literally take twenty minutes or thirty minutes to eat, you'd get all your stuff done so much faster. Like, you need a mental and physical break.
0: Yeah, no, I I feel that because I've had some shifts where I just power through it and it just does not go well.
1: <laughs> no, your brain can't even function that way.
0: Right, and oh, it's 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 interesting because like I I feel like again it's like a all this whole you know really involving yourself with helping others. And so it, it was really fascinating kind of talk, learning about when you were transitioning from nursing to nursing as a job career and then going into what you do now. Um, mm-hmm. How was like that transition? Because like, um, like the difference in like how you provide care in a sense, you know, because like in a way, yeah, um, what you're doing is like providing care for people who care.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I will say the transition, it wasn't just cut and dry. Like one day I quit my job and then I did this. I mean, I was still doing... Flu clinics and community nursing. When I had three employees, so that's the beautiful thing about nursing is it's flexible. You can go per diem. Like I worked a couple different jobs and pieced together my schedule. Um, it was awesome. I think the things that I do now for nurses is how my brain works and how what I am meant to do. And so really similar to how I care for nurses now, I was having very similar conversations with my patients and their families. Like I would go and all the moms first thing in the morning, I get everyone coffee. I'd be like, we're not trying to start this day without coffee. Like we got it like, and, or I would watch the babies. So the mom could like go to the Starbucks or a big B or whatever. Like the things that I, I'm very in tune with like what people need as humans. And so I would do, obviously I gave my patients meds and all those things, but yeah. I think I don't think it was hard for me because I think I was doing very similar things, just like kind of in a different setting if that makes sense,
0: right, so' it's just taking like a little extra step in terms of like providing care mm-hmm. for someone and again like you're and I think you're right with um talking about the like the, what makes someone human like that that like very mm-hmm. personal need, and I'm always i don't know I don't know why it's like overlooked a little bit, I feel like it's it's crazy, yeah, yeah. And, like, did you notice that when you were doing like, during your career as a nurse, like more often? Oh, not? yeah.
1: Like, we were almost treated like robots. Like, that's what made me so sad. Like, it was like I wasn't supposed to be sad when I was working on Christmas. Right. I'm like, I'm mm. just trying to keep it together here. Like, I'm, and I lived in Colorado. I lived like a thousand, two thousand miles from home. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm so sad. And it was just supposed to be like, we were like, oh, business as usual. I'm like, no, uh-huh. actually, I'm really sad, you know?
0: Right yeah and it seems like there's this kind of like um idea of like no this is what you signed up for which is you know it's accurate you know we signed up for yeah working you know but um, it doesn't
1: mean you don't have emotion
0: exactly that's exactly uh what I how I feel when it comes to that and yeah um let's see and like when you're when you're doing your mentorship like what's something that you notice has been like very common that people bring up that when they're when they're Mm -hmm. coming to you um to talk or you know kind of work yeah
1: one of the most common things I find is that people don't have hobbies outside of work. Mm-hmm. So that's the number, probably one of the most common threads is that how are you going to be happy in a high stress job when you don't even know what you like to do outside of work? Mm. That makes me sad. Cause I used to be that way. Right. I would just work. Like I didn't even know what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And Dang. people are like, yeah, like, I guess I don't have, hobbies. like, I, I will never forget one of my mentees. She, she was like, all nervous. Like I made her go to a coffee shop by herself. I'm like, you need to take your journal, take a book, go to a coffee shop, try something new, like get outside, like explore your city. She's like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, get out. Like you have to do stuff. And it sounds crazy, but we just don't make time to like, put our phone down, get out. Like there's plenty, we all have stuff to do in our own towns, our own areas, and we're not doing it.
0: Actually, you know, if it feels like I'm having, like, my own intervention right now, just uh, because <laughs> <I>, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm that's just how sitting. These, That's
1: how these things usually go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's actually, like, an interesting one because um, I would imagine, like, burnout would be something more common that we brought up, but, like, that is an interesting one because, I, like, I think we were talking about this earlier, how people might sacrifice some of these things, mm-hmm. which is, of course, you know, you have to do that if you want to put your time to study or dedicate yourself to you know yeah. excelling but then there's like that balance of well I don't want to I shouldn't be like completely giving my whole life up and just like no not have time to recharge
1: 100 and I think one thing I teach in mentorship too and this is like can apply to anybody whether you're in nursing school or not can apply to charting can apply to housework anything like when we fit let me make sure I say it correctly however much time we have we will fit a task into that amount of time so if you give yourself four hours to study, you will study for all those four hours. If you tell yourself you only have two hours, and set a timer on your phone and stop, get off your phone and only study for those two hours, you will get the same amount done in two hours that you did in four hours. Like mm-hmm. if you tell yourself, I'm going to clean for an hour and literally set a timer on your phone for an hour, I guarantee you'll be mind blown at what you can do in an hour versus just being like, oh, this afternoon I have to clean. And then you're going to be on your phone doing this, doing that it's really, really crazy. So when I have my mentees, I call it their happy place. And like, they're like, I call it my cat happy place. When I'm just like, no, like, for example, Tuesday morning, I was like, I'm not setting an alarm. I knew this ahead of time. I'm not setting an alarm. I'm not getting on my phone. I'm going to read. I wanted to journal. I was like, I'm going to start at 11. That's it. Like, and I felt great. I feel great today. Like, because you have to have that time blocked off. You have to plan it or else it literally if you're waiting for it to just happen it will never happen
0: no that's definitely valid because i've yeah and i noticed like a lot of people talk about like this idea of like you know like blocking out your time pomodoro technique all these different techniques
1: mm-hmm. but it,
0: it's it's interesting kind of like this like okay you hear these techniques you hear of all these tips but like have you what's like your your advice or something that you've seen in your mentees that's like either preventing them from acting on it or that has helped them actually implement these things into their lives
1: yeah I think we don't act on it because we don't know the benefit yet so it's Mm. very hard to do something it's like the same thing with like when say you want to lose 50 pounds you have to act like the person that's lost 50 pounds before you've ever lost one pound right you're like okay now I have to go to the gym now I have to start eating salads that feels weird to me I don't want to do that like I'd rather just go to McDonald's right because that's cool But you have to act like the person that's already had the reward before you've ever had the reward, right? Right. So it's the same thing with this self-care. Like, you don't know the benefit yet. Now, I know the benefit. And I know that I function way better. So I'm like, yeah, I have no problem being like, oh, I'm taking the morning off because I need to recharge so I can feel really great. Right. I know the benefit, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's so it's why like, accountability is huge like accountability that's that's why in mentorship it really works because you pay the money you have your team holding you accountable and so you're all like we have to do it like they'll be so mad at me they'll be like we don't want to but like then they feel great you know mm-hmm. so you either have to trick yourself and being having this conversation is awesome because you'll be self-aware so you can trick yourself or you have to get the accountability
0: mm, definitely yeah that makes that makes sense a lot actually because um I don't know, because I I I'm just trying to think think of this in my head, like act like acting in a way where I already know the benefit, or like the person that's done the thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: before I've done the thing. It just it seems very like contradictory, but it makes sense now yep. when you when you think, think about them.
1: even in yeah, think about even in relationships, right? Like you mm-hmm. have to act like someone said yes to go out on a date with you before they ever did, or else you never asked.
0: Right? Ah, I got like, yeah yeah.
1: Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there just has to be a point where you're acting without knowing the outcome. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and I feel like that's actually a pretty interesting way to approach it, just because, um, like you're you're saying earlier with like, for example, like the hobbies, like acting as someone who's like already has some hobbies. It's like, but you like say you're just, you know, mostly revolving yourself around work and. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, making yourself do that so you can be that person at that, that, at some point. Yep. And I like that you're talking about accountability. So, and cause I noticed like one of the things that you talk about a lot is community and uh, how has like mm-hmm. that been like impactful for not just like the business itself, but also like the impact that y'all are making in terms of helping other nurses?
1: Yeah. I just think we need to know we're not alone. Like that's the number one thing when I started having these conversations nursing, I just think is isolating. It just is the nature of the schedule. Other people in the world don't understand it. So if nurses together are not supporting each other, like we have no hope, right? Right. Like we have to support each other. And so I think it's just when we share authentically, we allow for authentic connection. And that's so important to me. And so I had to be the first one to say like, Hey, I feel like shit what are we going to do about it? And then everyone's like, wait, you feel that way. I feel that way too. Wait, you're not okay. So it's really simple things. Like it was like, okay, how are we going to make this day better? Like we're in over our heads. Like, this is so bad. We just literally have to laugh, but like, I need a coffee break. So you're going to watch my patients. I'm going to go to Starbucks then come back. And then you're going to go outside and breathe for 15 minutes. And we're going to make it through this day. And it's like, actually like, cool. Now, like we kick ass, we have a really great day. And it's these really simple things, but it's just that acknowledgement of, like, again, it goes back to basic human needs and really understanding each other. It's game changer.
0: Definitely, yeah. And I'm I'm kind of curious, too, like, uh, how has that been, like, with, you know, implementing these simple things? It's like the idea itself sounds, like, very huge, you know, like, um, you mm-hmm. know, all the like, community of nurses that, you know, they understand each other, which is, like, that's, like, inherent, but they all know. Not completely, mm-hmm. but you know, like understand like yeah. what the profession is involving in or like what is involved with the profession. That's like a given. But kinda any like have you noticed any challenges with like implementing things um when it comes to building that community or just
1: Oh yeah, like there's always gonna be people that are naysayers or like people that don't get it, like we don't need that, or like and I'm just like cool, it's not for you or or maybe right. you're not there yet, or like that's okay, you know, like we're not going to vibe with everyone and that's okay. But the people that do need it, like we're there for you. And that's why we have so many free resources on our website. Like no matter where you're at in your journey, like we have something for you and I'm very clear on what I'm here to do. And if it's for you, great. And if it's not like, cool, that's great too.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's pretty, pretty like, you know, like low stress, like not low stress, but yeah, kind of like, yeah, it's not like you're like, Oh, join me. You have to join me or you're wrong. It's like, (laughs) No, that's I cool. I personally
1: hate when people are like, act that way, you know, because I don't want anyone telling me what to do. So I'm just like, this is open door always. Come as you are. Um, and we're here for you.
0: Awesome. And have you noticed kind of like this movement or this type of thing kind of like translating into other professions within healthcare too? Just because like, I, I know like most of my audience here yeah. is pre med. So it's kind of like, yeah, like more curious question for that.
1: Yeah. And I've gotten approached, um, there's actually a pharmacist that has started doing things for pharmacists and I, I have people ask me all the time and I'm just like, Nope, I'm helping the nurses. Um, you start your own thing for your little area. Right. <laughs> Not little area. They're like huge. There's like so many people in each. I shouldn't say little, but, yeah. um, yeah, I get asked all the time to do stuff, but I'm just like, Nope, I'm helping the nurses that someone else can take on that.
0: <laughs> no, that, that totally makes sense. Just cause like, yeah like like, all the professions have their own thing where it's like very totally like a, like a different challenge you know just like you know doctors have their thing because I, I hear because I think before I heard about nurses and fire nurses I heard so much about physician burnout and that is like its
1: yeah 100%
0: major issue and then like nurse,
1: I can't even imagine
0: yeah totally and like and then like more about the nursing it's like again they're all their own separate set of challenges there and let's see so when you're I, I'm kind of curious too with like um some of like your mentorship and mm-hmm. like your mentees like what are some of the things that you noticed were like that came out of that mentorship that were very yeah.
1: beneficial oh my gosh first thing I'll just say energy complete shift in energy like they're so down on the first call they're all like oh. and then they like get their energy back I would say just physically appearance I literally like I I wish I could just bottle it up and sell it I can't but in between weeks like four and five people look different like they're sitting up straighter their face looks different like they're some a lot of times in a different room and they're hot like it is just a whole vibe so energy is number one and then two they're taking action on something so they're either like a lot of times like trying travel nursing switching units um starting blogs starting something they've had on their mind for a long time moving like they are like finally because once you feel good then you can take action on things like it's very hard to do things if you don't even feel good
0: right yeah that's that's interesting and really actually that's really cool too because like um again it's like you don't have to just be a nurse or just be a Mm -mm. insert whatever profession it is here because one thing that at least I like to advocate for is be your whole self and outside of medicine yeah but no I I was just kind of thinking a lot about like kind of that jumping towards starting a different side hustle that you might have always had an interest in and for I'm guessing for you it was kind of like a that kind of thing that's always in your mind right
1: Mm -hmm. this I never intended to be a business I always have had I've always been a little hustler like I mentioned I actually thought I would be a coach but this just kind of came I think I was open to it and mm-hmm. I just took action on it I never actually intended that it, I didn't start this to be a business which is so funny yeah. um it just happened so yeah cool
0: so That's nice like, say, you never know <laughs> right I was gonna say like how do you like adapt to that like because when you first started this and then it kind of you started seeing it that it was like more of like a bit like a business opportunity mm-hmm. like how do you like a, uh, approach that like adapt adapting to, oh, this looks yeah. like a viable thing. Let me jump on it.
1: So I'll just say, and this is like one of the number one things I teach in mentorship too. I'm very in tune with myself and I listen to myself. And so a lot of times I actually get asked for business coaching and I will take, I'll do some workshops and I'll take some business clients, but I've never considered myself a business coach, although I am successful in business. Because I think it's more about getting in tune with yourself. That's what truly makes you successful. Mm. And so I think I'm just very in tune with myself, and this came very naturally to me. And I loved it. And I would do everything I do now for free, because I just think it's like in me to come out. I don't dread. I can honestly say, is every day perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but there's nothing that I really dread or hate. Like I still love packing. I've ate, So there's eight eight on our team now. I still love packing orders emails don't bother me um i still love showing up on video i still love doing coffee talks like i just really truly love it and so i feel like the luckiest person on the planet because i'm just doing what i love you know
0: yeah that's awesome because like i feel like it's so hard to find something that you truly love especially Mm -hmm. like and, again, I feel like and, – and, again, there's not always going to be perfect days, even with, like, something that you do love. 100%. <laughs> that,
1: I've, believe me, I've cried many tears.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, actually, to kind of go off of that, like, um, what are things that you don't like about what you do? Or, like, kind of, like, what are things that kind of – that if, if it was gone, like, okay, cool, I, I'll be okay with that, like, if, yeah, if there no, is anything.
1: I'm, yeah, I really struggle with um processes and spreadsheets accounting things like that like i am great at ideas i'm great at implementing i will take action scared as hell um i'm not afraid to put myself out there i mean i will be afraid but i'll still do it anyways like mm-hmm. there's not a lot that it's not that it scares me i just don't always have the most analytical mind to like i actually have been working with someone going through like what i call ceo school like budgets and employee files and numbers and like our cost of goods sold and just really working to get all my processes unlocked because that is just not my strong suit also design um like I'm a very creative person but when it actually comes to design like on website or all our materials that need to go out or resources like I am just not good at that and so those are things where I've just like had to get help I used to do it I mean I built my first website I did I just I'm so scrappy like I did a hundred thousand dollars in sales with no logo like we're still using our first shirt like I don't know like I'm just Mm think it's more about like the energy in the community but um I've done it all
0: right
1: now I just get help because I'm like I'm for sure not good at that
0: definitely that that makes sense too and like kind of acknowledging your own like your own weaknesses oh yeah it's so important I feel like that's something that is hard it's very mm-hmm. hard to acknowledge that and especially with starting like a, a I imagine with starting a business you know you can't do everything there's people no. who are better at numbers and or whatever or even other aspects like for me um like with the podcast like I am not the best editor for sound
1: but <laughs> yeah. I got,
0: just gotta do it <laughs> like I'd, I'm more yeah. into like and like kind of like you I like talking to people I like um you know really engaging with people so there's that and yeah no But I also, actually one thing, I saw something on your website that talks about a light worker. And I Mm -hmm. really want to hear more about that. Yeah. Where did that come from?
1: Yeah, so right before, so this is where it goes back to like creating space. So right before last Thanksgiving, I found this little Airbnb by Lake Michigan and I went away for two nights. Because I just really felt like I needed to create some space before the holiday because I knew it was going to be crazy. And I could like sense that I was like trying to get an idea, but I couldn't hear it because there was, I was just so busy. So I went away for two days and this kept coming to me like this light worker concept. And I think in entrepreneurship, and I've seen this with so many of my mentees. It can be so glamorized, and mm-hmm. everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to have a side hustle and do all these things. And these nurses, like if you just quote, just want to be a nurse, you feel less than. Like right. you're not as cool. I'm like, why aren't like I go to all, whoa before COVID all these awesome events for entrepreneurs and stuff, and I'm like, no, like nurses are the most badass humans on the planet. Like we take care of people when they're dying, when they're sick, when they need. Like we are the ones that are there. Like we heal people. Like why this is. So badass. Like, why is it not more powerful? So I was like, we're gonna launch this light worker campaign, like because I want nurses to feel like, no, I'm a light worker, I'm a healer, this is important. Like I can quote, just be a nurse and that is good enough. Like there right. doesn't always have to be something more.
0: No, definitely and I totally agree with that. I feel like, um, especially oh my god, especially when you talk about the entrepreneurship being glamorized, I've seen that so much. It's crazy. <laughs> especially on social media. Um I don't know, I follow, like, a bunch of entrepreneur stuff, and, like, yeah. so I, that's probably why I get flooded with this kind of stuff, too, but, um, yeah, it's very interesting to see that, and, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm kind of curious, like, also, like, who inspires you to pursue what you do?
1: One of my favorite mentors is Lori Harder. She's been my mentor for a long time. I've been in her mastermind. Um, She's just really authentic, so... She's someone that really inspires me. Um, I would say like my cool idol is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. I don't know if anyone Mm. is familiar with her, but she is just like really empowering to women. Um, She started like same as me, just kind of like hustling. Um, She started with $5,000. So, and she's just built like, she's like built this huge empire and she's just super real, super authentic. So she's someone that really, really inspires me.
0: Awesome, love to see that and let's see I'm just kind of going through um some things that kind of you know yeah. piqued, piqued my interest when I was kind of reading more about your web through your website and through your stuff and kind of like something that really stood out to me actually was like this idea of like relationship advice um that I think I saw some, a resource in there and mm-hmm. I think it ties in a lot with what we were talking about um just kind of like you know this weird schedules all these different things mm-hmm. um is that something that comes up a lot in in your uh, um with your mentees or people you talk to
1: yeah I just think it does in general I know even for myself I actually didn't write that we had people from the community submit it because I was like I'm not giving relationship (laughs) advice so um no I'm just joking well really I'm not but um yeah I had we had the community submit because I think that it's a really big struggle like it's really weird being on like opposite schedules of someone or you know, just like hard dealing with things that are very hard to talk about, or someone not knowing how to respond, or whatever it is, it's a lot.
0: Right, definitely. And yeah, I don't know because I think I, I joke with my friends like I like um I'm only gonna date someone in healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just someone that only works night shift. That's like a joke. I always totally tell my friends. And yeah, no, I feel like it's it's interest like it's a very unique uh space in which. Like, like we were talking about, like, you know, not everyone in healthcare is going to be, you know, doing, like, a nine-to-five. Like, uh, I think. And one thing that's weird, too, I, I, I'm i sure you've probably seen this, like, at least, like, because like, I'm almost on night shift, so I talked to some of my coworkers. They're always, like, dreaming, like, oh, I can't wait for, like, a, a day position to open. I need a day position That's to what open. I was
1: saying, yes.
0: Yeah. But it makes sense, too, with, like, you know, some of totally. them are having kids, so it's, like, they kind of want a more adjusted mm-hmm. schedule, so... Uh, maybe for like the night folks, I'm curious, like, what are some things that you helped found helpful for them?
1: Yeah, the number one thing when I was working nights, if I worked m- multiple nights back to back, I would not get on social media in between my shifts. The time you have at home is so limited. If you spend 30 to 40 minutes even on Instagram by, like, you need to spend that time either watching a show that's going to make you really happy, reading a book, getting outside if it's nice out, going for a walk eating some food that makes you feel good or that is just, like, that you want, getting a cup of coffee from somewhere, like, just do one little thing for yourself and get off, do not get on social, and then I would just say, like, prioritize sleep. Mm -hmm. I would find people trying to live, like, being like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna stay up, I'm gonna do all these, like, trying to do six million things after work, I'm like, bye, go get some rest and don't be on the road, like,
0: (laughs) Oh, I feel a little called out here, because yeah. I'm, I'm the type that does, that does uh, I'll stay up, if I work, like, five days in a row, or five no. nights in a row, I'll stay up, like, a little bit just to, uh. like, readjust, readjust. I get
1: that, I get that you have to have that readjustment, but I just feel like on nights, it's so easy <laughs> to not sleep enough, like, even oh, in true. between shifts, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, totally. Uh. Yeah, because, like, it's weird, because you have to, like, wake up at, like, a certain, like, a decent time where you can, like, at least be somewhat... Normal, because I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like I joke with my like I joke with my coworkers like, hey, they should just start like they should have some businesses open like just be just open just for nights (laughs) like,
1: hundred (laughs) percent
0: like grocery stores like opening later or start Starbucks Starbucks Mm -hmm. open night that would be maybe petition for that (laughs) I know well yeah so yeah I think that's pretty much all the questions I really have right now but. Um, if there's anything that you would like to say to, um, to, to wrap up this episode, um, feel free to.
1: I just want to say thanks for having me and that I hope, like, my hope is always that people are inspired, but that they take action. Like, I don't want someone to just be like, she's cool. I want you to actually, like, do something. So I hope that there was value here and you're mm-hmm. inspired to take an action.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the Indecisive Pre-Med Podcast. Signing out.